Last week on Designated Cuck, the Capitol blew up, insta-killing the president and the 900 other pencil-pushing bureaucrat globalists in the federal government. But, as Aristotle said, there is beauty in tragedy, and our hero is immediately ascended to the most powerful position on the planet. But with great power comes great responsibility, and Tom Cuckman must put genocidal generals in their place, sissy staffers to use, and beat up bullies with brave bipartisanship. He puts Iran in their place, on a leash like the dogs they are, and gives a killer speech to the frothing hordes. Will Tom Cuckman be the spark that reignites American democracy, or will the Islamo-fascists entirely destroy the American Jesus? Will this show give us a full frontal lobotomy before the end of the episode? Find out this week on Designated Cuck. Hello, my name is Tom Kirkman. Last night at approximately 10.30 p.m., I was sworn in as President of the United States. I've come down here because I wanted to thank each and every one of you for the work that you're doing here and let you know that America mourns. This... This was an act of madness. This was an act of terror. The death toll as of 30 minutes ago is 900 plus. That includes the president, vice president, cabinet. Sorry, sir. I told him you were busy. It's all right. How can I help you, General? I'm afraid that's something we have to discuss in private, Mr. President. This is my wife. Your wife does not have code word clearance, sir. Of course. Okay. Ma'am. They've made a positive ID on the explosives. We know who blew up the Capitol. Al Sakar likes mass casualty attacks. Morning, Mr. President. Good morning. West Wing, fighter left. This way to the right, sir. Thank you very much. Phoenix on the move. Worth aside, Kirkman is an unelected, untested HUD secretary at a time when the world is looking for leadership. The names of the Capitol searching for both survivors and answers to the questions all Americans are asking. How did this happen? We need to heighten security at every location. Yesterday we saw the worst in humanity. Today I see its best. I know you're all tired. Scared. A chlorine storage tank in Manila. Sarin gas canisters lobbed onto our military base in Nairobi. Mr. President, it's time to publicly name Al Sakar as the perpetrator of this crime and take appropriate action. Well, he doesn't get to do that. He has a constitutional obligation. Don't you get it, Alex? Royce wants to tear up the Constitution. He's not the only one. You can't let him. Emily, the governor of Michigan is basically declaring his state a sovereign nation. So we don't have time for that. I'm going to find every single person involved in this attack from planning to execution and rip them limb from limb. Which is why I need to know exactly who did this. Welcome back to Boomer Death Squad, the number one pro Michigan secession podcast on the left. I'm your host, Joe. Uh, I'm Danny. And I can't think of anything funny to say. (laughs) All right. Hey, well, that guy was Matt. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, we're looking at uh, part two of our designated cuck series. If you'd like, you can listen to our part one. You'll find that pinned on our SoundCloud or otherwise... In our RSS feed on whatever your preferred pod platform is. 
But I uh, don't really think you'll need it to understand the general gist of what we're going for here. <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't a very cerebral show. I don't even think... It's designed for you to be staring at your phone the entire time you're watching it, so you don't actually have to retain anything. Or drooling <laughs> in fantasy. Yeah, exactly. It's designed to be what they show you in the machine from a clockwork orange, like the <laughs> thing that reprograms you to be good. This reprograms you to be a Democrat. <laughs> Alright, uh, you guys want to get into it? Uh, yes. I say we do. Alright, let's go. So... It opens up uh, on a shot of the Capitol building, you know, smoldering ruins, and there's a bunch of uh, soldiers all around, FBI people walking around, whatever. Absolutely. They're shipping off the bomb uh, to some warehouse or something, uh, they're, and they're, they're talking about who could it have been, what evil, you know, Muslim could have done this. There was no chatter. And I understand there was no chatter, but we still need to check all of the usual suspects. Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Al-Saqqar. Smearing friends of the pod Hezbollah in the process. <laughs> of, yeah, no. of course, in the context of Beirut, where we probably blew up their capital, we're going to talk about <laughs> them maybe blowing up ours. Whatever. Uh, yeah, the FBI director says to check the usual suspects. He does not mean the lesser conservative Baldwin brother. He means... <laughs> he means, uh, you know, the usual menagerie of brown people that we round up whenever anything goes wrong. Uh, of course, yeah. yeah. Start filling up the buckets. Absolutely. We have to heighten security at every location. Like you said, fill the buckets, sign my waterboarding kit. Yeah. And so, but the scene ends with, um, the sexy genius FBI lady. She, um, looks down on the ground and what does she see but a sort of shattered picture of the Capitol before, uh, it, it blew up. And she sort of holds it up and <laughs> compares it to the blown up Capitol. <laughs> Very symbolic. Very poetic. Epic symbolism <laughs> in that, uh, it explains the thing that is the point of the show. <laughs> yeah. In case you had missed the general premise of what they're talking about <laughs> up till this point. You know, the Capitol's career had been going great until it signed on to an ABC original political show, and then it was re <laughs> its career was reduced to ashes. <laughs> <laughs> this show was designed for, like, the Black Mirror universe, where you have to run on a hamster wheel, and you just have a television playing in front of you that you're endlessly running towards. <laughs> Day. That, like that that's the cadence of this show it's fucking awful let's get into it i guess next scene let's watch more <laughs> yeah so next uh scene we start out um we get a we see we're in the white house um tom cuckman has just woken up from betty by you know uh watch putting on the news media rubbing uh, the boogies out of his eyes whatnot the news media is skewering him, no matter what channel he flips to. The news media is skewering him for how terrible of a speech he did. Yeah, the portrayal of the media in this show is perfect because they're just such shitbags. <laughs> they just... It's true to life. True to life. Worth aside, Kirkman is an unelected, untested HUD secretary at a time when the world is looking for leadership. Remains of the Capitol searching for both survivors and answers to the questions all Americans are asking. How did this happen? And will life ever be the same? 
unambiguous villains every <laughs> single channel. That is this thing's position. They just like suck. They they have they have nothing good to say. I hate yeah, I hate to call anyone much. negative because look at me, but like Jesus Christ, they're like yeah, everyone's dead, but now we're stuck with this fucking guy. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. He does the speech and he's like, yeah, we will be strong because we must be. Then all the newscasters are like, you're an unelected HUD secretary. <laughs> yeah, but who are you? You're a fucking <laughs> mouthpiece for some, like, I don't know, some rich guy, essentially. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, you know, when reporters and the president are fighting, you don't pick sides. You just hope Exactly. For blood. <laughs> I don't know. I think my I think I, my hatred of real-life media is coming onto the fake media in this show, I think. I, I think you're looking at it the wrong way, though, because you're like, the media is being too harsh on him. But in our reality, the media would be giving President Carson a standing of oh, ovation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely they would. He, he would be applauded for bringing norms back <laughs> or whatever, even though everyone is dead. Also, they aren't wrong. His speech is dog shit. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Yeah, but have you ever heard a good speech from anyone? I think I just uh, have a, a bit of a soft spot yeah, Ber- for Cuckman. Bernie Sanders 48-hour <laughs> filibuster? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have listened to every minute of. What did he talk about? I don't know. Uh, he recites the first NWA album in full. <laughs> But uh, anyway, anyway, um, Tom Cuckman, he, you know, checks in on his wife and kids. His wife is awake, presumably has been awake the entire time uh, because they mentioned this the last episode that she doesn't ever sleep. Um, Then he is walking off. He sees a Secret Service agent. He says, um, West Wing, right or left? And the agent says, this way, sir, to the right. And then notably, he says into his walkie. Phoenix is on the move. <laughs> <laughs> so his code name has become Phoenix from Eagle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he has risen from the ashes. And risen from bed and not known where he was or where he was going. <laughs> Similar to either of our current presidential <laughs> candidates. They've both been there before, but they don't know where they're going. He's a beautiful, flaming eagle. <laughs> yeah, that definitely earned whatever Netflix chattel writer an extra portion of Soylent. <laughs> or I guess ABC. Whatever. <laughs> so now he arrives in the oval office there's a horde of i guess advisors with uh binders and uh folders they're doing his daily briefing yeah 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 uh and they're talking about boring things that i don't feel like remembering like uh banks uh and things like this and they eventually get onto the topic of uh who blew up the capital which gets them all to start screaming at each other like a bunch of poopy diaper babies um and tom cuckman tries to get their attention and none of them uh every single one of them ignores him so he rage quits to be fair he doesn't try very hard <laughs> no he doesn't try hard at all he's about to have a panic attack like the liberal pussy he is and so he rage quits and runs out of the room if everyone withdraws their money at the same time the banks will collapse where are we at with the bombing deputy director atwood will be briefing us soon but we're looking at groups with the skills and resources to do something like this hezbollah al-qaeda north korea rgb what's well, this about violence in michigan we're getting reports of flare-ups in Dearborn, police targeting the local Muslim community. Yeah, it, but what I want to know is how the terrorists bring explosives into the Capitol building in the first place. We're working on that. In the meantime, we have to go after everyone we suspect. We go after them, after their families, any way we can. I'm sorry, are you talking about enhanced interrogation? They destroyed our Capitol. I'm saying we do whatever we have to do. Okay. You know, there's a process. Everybody, why don't we just focus on one thing at a time? 
Please, excuse me. He's like, excuse me. <laughs> I like how when he first walks in, he's getting briefed from a twink named Wyatt, who, like most other men in the White House, are completely hairless. <laughs> oh, oh, we forgot to mention, on his way to uh, the... Um to the Oval Office, he walks past about a thousand White House employees who are all sobbing about their dead bosses. Yeah, they're like, who's gonna tell me when I'm allowed to go to the bathroom? <laughs> Dialito, where is the Dialito? <laughs> uh, they, uh, drag Hezbollah once more, they throw, uh, North Korea, who's, like, not imperialist, into the mix. <laughs> Alright, so he's talking to his circle of advisors now once he reaches the room. Which is funny because presumably every single one of them was low enough on the totem pole to not be present at the State <laughs> of the Union. So, these are the people who are deciding whether or not to close the banks because they're worried American people with, will withdraw all of their money and it will collapse the economy. Which is awesome because it's just like, there's not even going to be an America if you fuck up in this meeting right now, you stupid assholes. Uh... The Gestapo officer points out Hezbollah, North Korea, Al-Qaeda, and Notorious RBG could all be responsible separately. <laughs> what is uh, what is RGB? I tried Googling it. I think it's like a Russia thing. Uh, Russian gay babies. Right, right, right. Uh, off-brand Dale Cooper says we must go after everyone and their families. A much more honest depiction of our security state. Uh, the Buxom secretary is aghast at this, saying enhanced interrogation, which means torture uh he says they destroyed our capital no one challenges this line of thinking <laughs> both uh contenders for chief of staff are like speaking way more than i imagine a chief of staff gets to at one of these daily briefings they're just like arguing with all the advisors <laughs> imagine what donald trump's chief of staff's job I, is my under my <laughs> understanding just around, like he didn't mean that he didn't mean that you know what he meant you know what uh, he was saying quit. he didn't say the word yeah. he said a different word it just sounded like that word chief of staff is just like the manager essentially right yeah imagine being the middle manager of the executive branch of our government <laughs> it's it, it's that sort of banal evil uh, yeah, but then all the ladder-climbing pedophiles begin to argue, and President Cook liberally uh, fails to get their attention and leaves the room. A normal and good thing for a president to do. Yes. So, um, he runs away from the Oval Office into the cabinet room, I I suppose, um, and he looks sort of fondly at his old chair. Which, again, he was fired from the day he became president, <laughs> and he wouldn't have if that had not He kind of strokes it a little bit like it's a touchstone <laughs> of a better time. <laughs> it's just remembering happily when he got rid of Section 8 housing and just <laughs> moved all poor people into one super motel. T tore it down and sent clouds of asbestos into the communities like Pete Buttigieg did in South Bend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gave everyone lead poisoning like Joe Biden still has today. <laughs> yeah, so he reminisces on his extremely fruitful career and then instead sits down in the president's seat. Roll title screen. That was then. This is now. Designated <laughs> cock. Yeah. So... <clears throat> we come back from the title screen, and he is doing paperwork at the cabinet desk. It's revealed that he, like the cuck he is, did not sit in the president's seat. He actually sat in his uh, Secretary of Urban Housing seat. <laughs> 
um, and is writing on paper. And the two uh, boring characters, the Guido and the fiery secretary, come in, and uh, he lambasts them for uh, doing office politics or something. He insists on order and a cabinet so he won't <laughs> get owned again by people speaking, like, at a normal volume or anything above a whisper, which he speaks in. <laughs> yeah. He does, he does whisper the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, that's to show he's, like, solemn and forlorn, which our president needs to be for some but reason. But they both came in... Not- not a fruity queen who stars in reality TV shows. They they uh they just came in like looking for a promotion. Oh yeah, manservant and buxom secretary are competing for chief of staff. Uh, the president yells enough because it's unreasonable for anyone but him to get a promotion during this <laughs> trying time. Can't you just let me have my moment? <laughs> yeah, this is for me. This is my day. You're gonna wear white to my wedding. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, yeah, so then he has them close the banks, pick a new cabinet, and monitor uh, ill-defined Michigan-based insurrection. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is an example of epic-style business delegation. <laughs> we forgot to mention, in the uh, Oval Office scene, someone walks up and says that the police in Michigan are rounding up every single Muslim in the state. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's just a throwaway line before this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, they barely uh, mentioned it. Uh, anyway, after he delegates all the tasks to uh, those two, neither of which have official positions in his administration, he will go do a photo op at the Capitol ruins that he refuses to call a photo op. Yes, yes. In fact, he specifies it that it's not a photo op, it's respect. And this makes the secretary, the secretary lady, very, very happy for some reason. And the, uh, the fucking greasy guy, I think, I think begins by insinuating that it would be a good photo op. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the greasy guy's job. They're basically, manservant and buxom secretary are his conscience. <laughs> buxom secretary being, like, any good thought he has at all, and manservant being, like, the devil on his shoulder, like, kill them, kill them, say the word, you can, no one is watching. <laughs> uh, then President Cox says to get back to work, a true, uh, Democrat sentiment and probably his plan for welfare. <laughs> <laughs> Next shot, we get the beginning of Kumar's arc in this episode. Um, he is walking to work. Um, as he's as he's uh, walking to work, he walks by one of his neighbors, I guess, who is putting out an American flag, and he sort of like you know waves at him and neighborly hello. And the guy just sort of gives him the mean eye and goes back inside. Why? He recoils at the sight of a brown. Yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, while um, he's walking, you it cuts to a little newspaper stand holder, and a paper called The Washington Recorder states, Government in Ruins. The Washington Recorder is presumably owned by Beth Jezos. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kumar makes it a, maybe five or six more steps before the cops pull him over, and they're like, uh, give me your papers. Let me see your papers, citizen. Yeah, before he gets pulled over by Jimmy McNulty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I will give him, I will give uh, the show this. They casted the cops who pull him over extremely well. They just, they're just like six foot four bald white pieces of shit they're basically holding him at gunpoint absolutely they're the best they're the best the irish gene pool has to offer just some potato fed oafs <laughs> who are going to execute all, all counter with uh 
this show sucks and gets no credit because they probably hired real retired cops. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to going to the old country and importing an Irishman exactly. like you would. <laughs> you want representation. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the cops are basically like, uh, where do you work? Where do you live? Sir, hold it right there. Morning. What's going on? It's in the backpack. What? Your backpack, what's in it? Uh, my stuff for, uh, work. Where you work? Stuff. I work at the White House. Really? The White House? Yeah, you know, where the president sleeps. You know, wise ass? I'd like to know why you stopped me. Why don't you tell us where you live and show us some ID first? I live right there. It's cold and it's cramped, but I can walk to my gym, so I got that going for me. Seth Wright. Is that your real name? According to my mother. He's like, I live there, I work where the president sleeps, yada yada yada. Yeah, they can't um, believe a brown person could work at the White House, but in their defense, it is literally called the White House. <laughs> I mean, the Founding Fathers probably would have agreed with the cops, that's all I'm saying. He's going, where?! <laughs> Uh, but yeah, his, you know, his papers come up fine. Uh, the cops like, Seth Wright, is that your real name? Just shit like this. <laughs> and then, uh, they just fuck off. But without, of course, they fuck off with very menacing grimaces. Well, the cop calls him a wise ass, and then Kumar asks why he's been stopped, like any good libertarian sovereign citizen might. <laughs> uh, the cop demands his ID and Kumar's address, presumably to shoot him in his sleep or have sex with oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cop tells him to stay safe as he walk, stay safe, and then he walks away. He presumably goes on to execute a nearby homeless man. <laughs> yeah, he's actually, he's, he's driving to Michigan right now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, they need us up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Going to Graceland. So, next we see Guido and Buxom's secretary uh, attempting to put together the cabinet, right? Oh yeah, manservant Dan and Buxom Amy are planning the cabinet. They're in like a tiny dark office. Amy suggests a noted pedophile, yeah. as Dan reminds her, and then Dan counters with uh, suggesting a Rand Paul type who doesn't <laughs> play by the Hill's rules. <laughs> yeah. Amy is shook when Dan reminds her there's no hill to be beholden to. Yeah, really spectacular audio bite here. Okay, cabinet members, what about Blanchard? <laughs> For state. He qualified three years as deputy. He also has two secret Facebook accounts and an affinity for the co-eds who look after his kids. I'm thinking Garfield's a guy. No, think again. He's made more than a few enemies on the hill. Emily, I hate to break it to you, but there is no hill anymore. My God, there's no hill anymore. Yeah, it was literally like they wanted Anthony Weiner or <laughs> Rand Paul, Joey said, but <laughs> Rand Paul in this show got all of his ribs blown off by uh, something, so... Sucking his own dick. Oh, you're right. So it's An it's Anthony Weiner or it's like Eamon Bundy from Bundy Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're like, oh my god, there's no hill to be beholden to, as if the hill was politicians and not corporations, and Pepsi wouldn't personally have senators at this point. <laughs> yeah, like the Galactic Republic. Yeah, precisely. The Trade Federation. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
uh, definitely didn't lose half an episode's worth of audio, and we're definitely not uh, redoing that right now, so let's get that right out God of the way. God damn it. Okay. Uh, a person who will not be named, uh, he has certain ties <laughs> to Iran, is responsible. <laughs> the COINTELPRO operation against us has begun. <laughs> Exactly, your government agent... The CIA is pausing my recording. Yeah, your government agent pressed to the space bar on accident. Shahid Buttar <laughs> is personally fucking up our Audacity <laughs> recordings from his office at the EFF. Absolutely. Yeah. Peter Thiel is outside my window right now with a blow dart gun ready to end my life. Oliver North tried to sell me crack earlier. All right. <laughs> Let's get back into this. So, next scene... We uh we start in on Kumar staring at the wall, listening to music or something. Uh, President Cock comes into the room. Kumar immediately stands up and Sieg Hiles springs into action. Yeah, uh, President Cock is like, you know, you wrote me the greatest speech of all time, but the news media they fucking hate it. I'm sorry. He really needs some validation in this moment. He's hurting. And he's like, who who better to build me up than the guy who was talking shit to me like we were at a <laughs> confessional last night puking in the bathroom together? Yeah, less than 24 hours ago when this man was vomiting, saying he was going to go become a, con a godless fucking Canadian. Uh, <laughs> President Cock walks in and he's like, what's wrong, Haji? It's not your fault. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, he, he complains about the fucked vibes of the night, mm -hmm. uh, and the, he's like, it's my fault, it's not your fault, bro. <laughs> bro, don't even worry, bro. <laughs> you can get me back next week, bro. Vibes were impeccable. Yeah. Hey, your vibes were off in that Applebee's last night. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then um, the Guido and the secretary burst into the room, and they say, Mr. Cuck... Uh, you gotta, you gotta watch the TV. So something's happening in Michigan. So now we cut to the president watching television. Um, the news media is basically talking about how in Michigan they are, as we said, rounding up all of the Muslims and throwing them in prison. Uh, the president is very soy face about this and then rushes into a different room to get on the phone with Governor chad of michigan yeah so the news is basically like these are people who have not been arrested or charged no they they've not been charged with any crime they're being targeted for their religious beliefs but then they finish up with like yeah a lot of people feel like this is what should be happening right now <laughs> yeah. yeah the news network is titled anm for <laughs> a news network uh presumably uh showing police enforced curfews and rounding up of muslims and uh, Michigan, because apparently they have the biggest Muslim population in Michigan in America. Yeah. Go figure, I guess they took their jabs. <laughs> uh, the news network says the ACLU will sue, but some think this is just the kind of policing the country needs. Which is funny on a couple fronts. First off, anyone who thinks the country needs Muslim internment camps thinks that the country actually needs Muslim extermination camps. Uh-huh. And uh, the idea that the ACLU would ever sue anything involving a police officer and risk funding is just laughable. Mr. President, there's something you need to see. Police imposing a curfew on predominantly Muslim neighborhoods and ordering residents to obey it or face arrest. These are citizens who have not been charged with any crimes who are simply targeted because of their religious beliefs. The American Civil Liberties Union denounced the actions by Dearborn Police as a violation Mr. of President, citizens' basic civil rights. 
But in the wake of the attack on the Capitol, some are saying this is just the type of policing this country needs. You know what? Justin turning people is the bipartisan compromise that this country was founded on. <laughs> it was! Japanese internment, Islamic internment, and next, Irish internment. They're coming for you. They're coming for you, Patty. <laughs> so, President Cuck is rushed into the other room to make the phone call. Uh, he talks with Governor Chad of Michigan. A man with no hair or eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. He's toe-headed, but more of a pinky toe than a big toe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like, um, uh, uh, we're getting, uh, we're, we're seeing reports of uh, the, the police targeting the Muslim community. And uh, Governor Chad's basically just like, uh, yeah, it, I, I told them to do it. What the fuck are you going to do about it? I, you're not my president, sir. I am the <laughs> highest authority in the land. Yeah, as if he didn't have to uh, get some like machine politician to allow him to... Uh, intern all of the muslims some fucking norcross clone in michigan <laughs> oh absolutely boss tweed fucking has this guy suck his cock once a week <laughs> just so he can get more gas for his shitty limo probably a town car that was owned by a former gangster uh but anyway uh governor chad tells him that his priority is the safety of triple parentheses white citizens once again proving <laughs> him to be an honest democrat <laughs> And he is a Democrat. This is fucking Michigan. Michigan, this is machine politics, baby. This is Cuomo and AOC being in the same party. Uh, <laughs> Governor Chad declares himself the highest authority to the people of Michigan and says President Cuck has no authority. He is not his president. Uh, <laughs> president Cuck said, hey, let me get a little bit of respect out here. And then Governor Chad says, no, you big dumb baby. Go learn how to be president. I have to go make sure 10 million people in Michigan continue to live without jobs or clean water. <laughs> Just absolutely slapping him in the face. Slapping his dick in his face in the name of electoralism. Absolutely. Absolutely. He really, really, like, we, we cannot understate this. Chad's all over the virgin President Cuck. Yeah, and the Michigan governor's, like, assistants look like Bond henchmen. <laughs> they do, they do. <laughs> Dr. Evil and Mini-Me. <laughs> so, now we get, uh... We get a shot of someone walking into the White House. Who is it? I, I don't know. She's wearing a girl boss suit. She has a pearl necklace on. She has beautiful blonde hair. It's Hillary Clinton! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm the other designated survivor. Yes, yes. She uh, walks up to President Cuck. I made a Snapchat account. It's great! <laughs> she walks up to President Cuck and she's like, uh, you know, I don't give a hoot what the darned so-called pundits are saying i thought your words were very moving sir uh and he soy faces at this of course and he's like please uh come with me we must talk he's like who are you and she's like oh i'm the other designated survivor and he's like uh huh <laughs> and this looks like the start of a situational comedy that would run for three seasons then be canceled because the producer did sex crimes <laughs> her uh, name is kimball hook stratton so she's presumably like yeah. a third or fourth generation heiress to uh, a belgian rubber company from the congo <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm German German, the blonde with blue eyes who is the heir to Fourth Reich Motors. <laughs> uh, I have her written uh, down as Senator Palpatine, a blonde smoke show Rithuglican, <laughs> so she doesn't care what the pundits say. President Cuck pones. <laughs> 
Uh, she is introduced as the only surviving member of the legislative branch and the greater Republican Party. Mm -hmm. uh, this presumably means Roger Stone is dead and she has been promoted to Q. <laughs> <laughs> she is married to uh, Vincent Future, a.k.a. JFK Jr. <laughs> She's got the Richard Nixon tattoo on her back. Yes. <laughs> I, I was so enamored by the idea of Roger Stone going to prison just so he'd have to explain that tattoo to the other people in the shower. But thinking about it, he'd probably go to just like a country club prison and they'd be all like, sick, I got one too. Oh, yeah. It'd be a country club prison and he'd have waiters instead of guards. But if he went to real prison and was raped with a portrait of Nixon on his back, that'd be... That would be a kind of justice that we're not entitled to in America. Absolutely, but it's probably a deterrent, if anything. Like, they look at that, and it's just, like, staring back at them, and they're like, uh. I don't know. Tricky dick wants to turn a trick on your dick. That's just how it works, baby. <laughs> so, after uh, President Cuck and the brand new alive congressperson uh, walk away, so do... Uh, uh, Chief of Staff Guido and Firebrand Secretary. Um, they go have a conversation about the uh, Congresswoman's lore. Some ex some much needed exposition to the story. A quick little world building cut. You know, it's the same sort of lazy writing they use in uh, the Bible and Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Senator Palpatine, as the only member of the legislative branch, is the most powerful executive in American history. Completely uncontested. Even if the president were to veto what she does, she is a veto-proof majority of herself. <laughs> Uh, she was the Republican whip for 10 years and therefore a much more experienced worshiper of Moloch than President yeah, Cuck. Which uh, inspires uh, the Guido to be like, let's call up Governor Chad because she will Chad on him. And what does this pussy who's wielding like like unprecedented power do? <laughs> Buddy's up to her. Gives her a job back. <laughs> he could have her fucking on a fucking boat to Easter Island before sundown and he's like do you want to just be like the the rest of the government <laughs> exactly exactly if this was George H.W. Bush we wouldn't even know there was another designated survivor no one would he would have done it himself they would they would have died the night before exactly out of the two of them she's the only one that has received even a single vote <laughs> exactly she's the only elected member of the government and again she's just some fucking QAnon psychopath for the last 10 years as like the hand of a belgian child still in a box somewhere in her house <laughs> around oh, her absolutely. neck absolutely on a necklace absolutely Leopold-style Aryanism, like make the Nazis blush-style genocide. Mm. That's what we're looking forward to. So, we're coming up on probably one of the best uh, sound bites uh, from this episode. We cut to President Cuck, complaining that he sucks and the lying news media is probably right. <laughs> in that he is an unelected plutocrat who used to be in charge of gutting welfare for homes <laughs> and creating an urban style joker he was depressed in the classic way our presidents were when fdr used to send letters to his wife that said are you mad at me with a little frowny face <laughs> senator palpatine responds by saying that you know what she did last night or this morning whatever she cried and then she prayed and when was the last time she did this i mean let's face it the punish might be right mr president do you know what I did this morning, sir? I cried, and then I prayed. 
Do you know when the last time I did those two things together was? 9-11. Nobody thought we could get through it back then, but we did. And nobody thinks we can get through it now, but we will. This is your house now. So make it your own. Whatever you need, just ask. Republican, Democrat, Independent, it doesn't matter anymore. We're all Americans today. 9-11. 9-11, that's <laughs> right, folks. It would be uh, better if they did the uh, Louis C.K. bit about uh, jerking off between the towers going down. <laughs> you know what I did? <laughs> and you know what I did when I found out I was the only living member of the legislative branch? <laughs> I got off. That that's gotta get you off. <laughs> um, and so it's about wearing another person's skin, becoming that. <laughs> and so uh, Senator Palpatine's ringing endorsement of his speech sort of gives, it sort of peps him up, and he's like, uh, "You know, it would be a great show of uh, bipartisanship and strength." would be if you came to the smoldering ruins of our capital with me. Which is, again, not a photo op, even though this is a photo op, and now you're inviting her for a photo op-specific purpose. Yeah, it's he... about respect! Respecto! They, they have been talking that long, and he already wants to go on a little weekend getaway with her, and it's just... <laughs> he's rushing things. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Senator Palpatine responds by saying, Parties don't matter. We're all Americans today. This is the same idea as Obama's red-blue America trope, and also fascist Nazi third positioning. <laughs> and potentially a play on uh, what uh, Ronald Reagan's dumbass said on the uh, operating table after he was attempted, uh, the attempted assassination by uh, Patriots, <laughs> where he was like, you know, I hope you're all Republicans. I can't do a Ronald Reagan voice, uh, but he, he, he hoped they were all Republicans. The, uh, the surgeon is like, Mr. President, we're all Republicans today. <laughs> and uh, according to the Wikipedia article that I read about this in sixth grade, uh, that surgeon was a notorious Democrat. If you're a notorious Democrat in the era of Reagan, you're either boss tweed or an absolute pussy who would vote for Republicans if it wasn't for the state he found himself in. <laughs> they were all Republicans where it mattered in their checkbooks because they were doctors who are evil and in my Khmer Rouge type society will be executed. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Should have left a scalpel in him at the very least. Uh, yeah, if any Democrat knew how to execute power, Reagan would have died that yeah, night. Reagan would have like <laughs> had like so many surgical like tools left in him on the operating table. Oops. If if the position were reversed, George H. W. Bush would have done it himself. He would be wearing that doctor's skin. <laughs> Like, <laughs> flicking his tongue like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, so some more accuracy from the show in that the Democrat has no idea how to leverage or execute power despite having absolute control of it, and the Republican will uh, take advantage of this and seize control easily. Yep. So, from the President's talk with Senator Palpatine, we cut to the hot Asian FBI lady looking longingly at a photo of her dead husband who has a shitty mustache and presumably shot Fred Hampton. <laughs> From here, they walk into a giant convention center-styled room, completely fucking filled with bodies, uh, presumably the former help from Little St. James Island, who has suddenly found themselves liquidated. <laughs> They've actually, uh, they put a Republican and a Democrat next to each other on the floor and, uh, had them link pinkies in a show of bipartisanship. 
Uh, yeah, so we are at the warehouse where they're storing all of the dead people and also the bombs uh, in the in the same place. In fact, in the same room. <laughs> the, the sexy FBI lady walks up to this guy who is dissecting the bomb that they found at the end of the last episode. And she's basically like, you know, which Muslims did this? And he says, you know, it's... It's a cannibalized mine. It's Russian, but the innards are Pakistani and probably Iranian. He's doing 23 and me on the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, from there she's like, oh well, this is consistent with some Muslims that we've uh, that we've monitored in the past, but hold on. And she sort of like looks off to the side like wistfully, definitely like deep in thought. And the the uh, guy across from her that she's talking to, like everyone else in this situation is like, What's what's wrong? What are you thinking? What if Hannah? What are you thinking? And she turns to him. And she's like, "What if it wasn't meant to explode?" And then you know, ba ba ba. Cut to cut to commercial. It doesn't cut to commercial though. The FBI minion just says sand people are easily startled and starts talking about the shape of Middle Eastern skulls. They were they're just, they're just digging in this like classic Islamo red scare, like you know, are ill-defined. And, Whoever they are, they're coming to get your bread. Yeah. Uh, FBI's lady is like, we were supposed to find this bomb. <laughs> yeah, she is a genius. She's very Einsteinian. Surely Ayn Rindian. Ooh! <laughs> Ooh, good one. You like that? Yeah. That's some fucking heat right there. I'm, lo- I'm loving some fire. How about bones, this? Baby. How about this? Ayn Randy Andy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes, Ayn Rand is also a pedophile monarch. <laughs> well, no, but she believes in them anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, first, we cut to Manservant, who's getting put on hold trying to get the uh, governor of Michigan to return the president's call. The governor of Michigan is basically uh, blackballing him and telling him, uh, you're cucked, cuck, <laughs> to further establish his Chad sovereignty. Uh, Kumar says the world is falling apart, so this makes it damn hard to write a speech. <laughs> <laughs> After uh, Manservant gets fully hung up on by Chad Governor, uh, Amy says that they need to work on adding a new attorney general to the government. Amy says they should add a family man who went to night school and has good, important values. Yeah. Uh, Manservant Dan responds by arguing they need to add Brad Cavabogs or some, <laughs> you know blood-sucking guy who worked for Clarence Thomas, and this way we can have the legacy of Clarence Thomas preserved as our only <laughs> legal officer in our government. <laughs> Kumar's like, oh boy, I shouldn't put that in the speech. <laughs> yeah, just pretty much continues to be a nihilist. So, next scene, uh, we cut to the Oval Office with President Cuck and his wife, discussing uh what's going on in michigan yeah president cuck is like michigan has declared sovereignty and his wife says you should stop that because she is a great intellect <laughs> she brings up the constitution this is a, also a really good sound he's like he's trying to tear up the constitution and she's like you can't let him and he's like i'm not going to the constitution is safe honey <laughs> <laughs> so profound he's the highest authority that's what he said and in no uncertain terms then he hung the phone up on me well, he doesn't get to do that. He has a constitutional obligation. Don't you get it, Alex? Royce wants to tear up the Constitution. He's not the only one. Wait, you can't let him. Trust me, I'm not going to. 
proud defender of the Constitution when there is, like, once again, one member of the legislative body, one member of the executive. <laughs> Incredible. Um, but yeah. Then they, for the first time this episode, bring up their son, Leo, uh, who, if you remember- And their daughter. And their daughter, whatever, who, who cares? Doesn't really matter. Very forgettable. But, if you'll remember back- The one she- The one that they say in the first episode is unloved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, in the first episode, if you'll remember back, Leo's arc is he is selling drugs at a rave. <laughs> Um, they mention how he has just been, uh, locking himself in his room for days. <laughs> well, I guess That's dead. so great. He, he, he's like the young daughter scared and confused, which he also is very clearly scared and confused. <laughs> so that is the proper thing to feel. And then they're like, uh, the epic stoner son has been locked in his room all day. He, he's presumably taking MDMA and just <laughs> chiefing booths in the Rose Garden. <laughs> yeah. He's having a great time. Uh, but yeah, so him and his wife, they start hugging, you know, they're married, so they hug, um... And then they don't kiss because it's the White House. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's a proper waspy level of public affection. They have much too respect for the institution that is the White House to kiss in it. So they they hold it off. They just do a hug. Um, and then the general, General Ripper, comes in, who we haven't seen since the uh, the beginning during the advising, uh, and he says, "Sorry, sir. I told him you were busy." It's all right. How can I help you, General? I'm afraid that's something we have to discuss in private, Mr. President. This is my wife. Your wife does not have code word clearance, sir. Of course. I'll go. Ma'am. What is that? I just spoke to FBI Deputy Director Atwood. The lab results came in. They've made a positive ID on the explosives. We know who blew up the Capitol. It's cool, because he interrupts their family moment, and he's like, President Cuck, you're a cuck. Uh, make your wife leave so I can go fuck her. And he's like, um, anything you can fuck to my wife, you can fuck to me. And he's like, your wife doesn't have fuck word level clearance. And then he just puts his little penis between his legs, and she leaves. And his wife is yep. like, fuck course, and like, exits. To go prepare herself for General Ripper. Who presumably can only have sex if he's just murdered someone. <laughs> it's like Weinstein, but instead of injecting something into his penis, he sniffs an orphan's bleeding heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hard quick cut, we're back in the like, the underground situation room that isn't the situation room. It's uh, like the we're back in the Magneto prison. Yeah. We have an advisor, general advisor guy, saying Al Sikar loves high casualty attacks. So this is the terrorist organization that the writers chose to uh, be the the Muslims. Um, a fake, a fake one called Al Sikar. <laughs> and they they Which love is... high casualty attacks, contrasting the terrorists who like doing low casualty attacks. More more <laughs> yeah. for the art of it than anything. <laughs> Al-Qaeda's more low-key, it's like the Velvet Underground, but then everyone who saw Al-Qaeda went on to right. form a band, like Al-Sakar. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great when they're describing the high-casualty attacks. They're like, they attacked our base in Manila, which is in the Philippines, our former <laughs> colony. And, then, <laughs> and our base in Nairobi, which is in Kenya. Don't worry why we're in Kenya. Uh, <laughs> and, and then there, and, and the, the the attack in Kenya was that they lobbed uh, sarin gas canisters over the fence. <laughs> exactly. 
high casualty. Uh, whatever idiot they were making run around the edge because he had been caught doing cocaine for the 100th time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, President Cuck asks them how certain they are that it is uh, this group of Muslims and not a different group. Um, they say 75%. Um, Mr. Cuckman is pissed off about this. A chlorine storage tank in Manila. Sarin gas canisters lobbed onto our military base in Nairobi. Preliminary analysis from the FBI's Explosive Device Center tells us that residue found on the Capitol debris is consistent with bombs used by Al-Sakar in the past. Mr. President, it's time to publicly name Al-Sakar as the perpetrator of this crime and take appropriate action. Okay, before we do anything, the FBI is absolutely certain that Al-Sakar was behind the attack. 75%, sir. 75%? That's as high as it gets when it comes to a call like this. 75 is still a C on a test, General. This is not a test, this is war. All the more reason to get it right, don't you think? Sir, I know we got off on the wrong foot. You did a fine job staving off the Iranians last night. But I am advising you that the country is on the brink and talk will not work here. America is demanding action and I am giving you an enemy we can kill. You think I don't want to strike back against the people who did this? I lost colleagues, friends, people I love. I want to find every single person involved in this attack from planning to execution and rip them limb from limb, which is why I need to know exactly who did this. Come back to me with more than 75%, and I'll launch the damn missiles myself. How much more? 25, damn it! Ripper says 75% because he says the bomb has the same resin that his bombs usually have. And I mean... If you apply the same logic to bongs, resin can be created a variety of different ways from a variety of different products, and it might look similar. I refuse to look up if bong and bomb resin don't work the same way. Um, and so President Cuck storms out. He's very pissed off that they're not 100% certain. Yeah, he insists on more certainty because he's a do-nothing den. Yes, exactly. Uh, he needs an excuse to do nothing. Exactly. He needs an excuse to do nothing, and God damn it, you just gave it to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ripper says his work yelling at Iranians was admirable and impressive, <laughs> but he must attack these people to heal the divide. <laughs> yeah. Ripper says, I'm giving you an enemy we can kill, which is what we said about Afghanistan, and what the Soviet Union said about Afghanistan, and what we said about Iraq, and what we said about Syria. We're notably good at killing enemies we should be able to. And... I was going to say Libya, but that was more of an optics thing, so we could go kill more people and everyone else would be down with it. Libya was proof of concept that we could still invade places after Iraq and it would still be generally accepted by the liberal uh, populace. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was true. It worked. <laughs> and and, and Libya is doing great now. Uh, notably doing great. Those open-air slave markets, they've never been cleaner. Uh President Cuck then yells that he wants to find every person involved in this attack and rip them limb from limb. Because uh, President Dead Guy and his pedophile friends need to be avenged by now President Batman. Uh, President <laughs> Batman was, of course, fired by this guy 24 hours ago. Not even fired by him, fired by his lackey. Uh, President Cuck then comes, says, come back with 100% and he'll launch the missiles himself. Uh, proving he has balls of steel, like when Warren said she wouldn't rule out a first-strike nuclear launch. <laughs> so, now, 
Open back up on the FBI headquarters. They're doing a briefing on how many people are dead. Um, a bunch. Yeah, a, a shit ton. <laughs> <laughs> also, the FBI director is dead, which obviously we've known that the entire time. But the reveal comes just now. Yeah, he was he was the hot Asian uh, FBI agent's wife, right? Well, yeah. husband. <laughs> nah. Yeah, you know, he was the gender wife. roles. I just I don't understand them at all. I'm just impossibly <laughs> progressive. <laughs> um, and so you know, the acting deputy director or whatever um, says that. Uh, you know, they, he gives him the Al Sakar spiel, and she comes up and does her Einstein thing, but what about my theory? What if my theory is correct, sir? And he's like, uh, you are a woman! We will not listen to you, woman! He's like, you listen to me in Iraq. And he's correct, that's the pod's official stance. And yeah, we listen to her in Iraq, and look at how well that went. <laughs> uh, I like how they say Al Sakar is part of Al-Qaeda, but dispersed throughout North Africa, like a bunch of Casablancan extremists are going to <laughs> <laughs> are taking out the United States Capitol. Well, I uh, mean, that's basically true to how they do it in real life. Any any group that's trying to do a thing in the Middle East or North Africa is uh, tied to Al-Qaeda in some way, shape, or form. Because Al-Qaeda's not real, and we made it. Exactly, yeah. and it's, it's uh, much scarier to say Al-Qaeda than, uh, like, five Tunisian men. Exactly. Al-Qaeda literally means the roach. Not many people self-identify as the roach. <laughs> Uh, she explains her hunch to the acting FBI director, who's like, shut up, woman. And uh, she's like, no, you need to tell the president about my hunch. Mm -hmm. Now, what I personally think versus the entire expended forces of the United States Intelligence Service. Which, of course, she's the only person who's correct out of all of them. Well, yeah, that's because she's a woman of color and we need to... Amplify women voices. Well, of course, that's of course that's the point of her character, and not that the entire intelligence aid, uh, entire intelligence community is just completely stupid as shit. Exactly. If this show was written the way it should be written, she would have been the one who blew up the government. <laughs> yeah, and then blamed it on like an activist. Then blamed it on the other now acting black FBI director. <laughs> So, uh, now we see President Cuck and his wife getting ready to go to the smoldering ruins of the Capitol. Uh, we see Leo again for the first time. He is He's clearly high. high. <laughs> He's clearly high as shit. His mom, uh, his mom tells him to watch his sister and keep her away from the TV because it's too real. And Leo doesn't even know it's real anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Leo is just absolutely seeing shit and has convinced himself he blew up the Capitol. <laughs> uh, he hasn't been sober since, like, the day prior's, like, afternoon, and he somehow ended up in the White House between now and then. Did you see the bag of pills he had? If he dumped that into the White House water supply, everyone would be rolling. It'd be amazing. Uh, so the token SS friend insists that uh, if he wants to leave, he must be wearing Kevlar vests and bring the army. Unless he sneaks out the back in a Chevy and a baseball cap. Like a real American. <laughs> it's a really shitty line. <laughs> Imagining putting Donald Trump in a Chevy and a baseball cap. <laughs> just having him walk amongst the normals. He's in amazing. disguise. The hat just doesn't really fit on his head right. It's just like, just kind of slapped no, on there. You... He would never wear a hat. It would fuck up the hairpiece. That would defeat the whole image <laughs> of him as a guy who doesn't need to wear a hat because he has the best jeans. <laughs> uh, 
The token SS friend says Glasses was his code name before Phoenix, uh, proving that Cuckman is a cuck. Yeah. Uh, he further exemplifies that he is a cuck because he then takes off his glasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just gets... He owns himself so succinctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, uh... He looks really defeated when he's told that his code name used to be Glasses, and he immediately takes them off. <laughs> he's it's like, like oh. dude, but sight is gay! <laughs> oh, these things I and many other people wear to see. It's, it's like he, he was reduced to, like, a, a first grader for a second. He's like, oh, <laughs> Glasses. Alright, so we cut to manservant Dan once again just getting owned by uh, Governor Chad's equivalent manservant, and he's still not taking his calls. And while they're in a convoy going to the Capitol. While the, yeah, on their convoy to the Capitol, uh, Buxom's secretary cuts in to explain to Kamar that the Capitol used to be seen as strong, but is now seen as weak. Uh, Kum- <laughs> Kumar explains that tragedy makes people come together or divide, and the governor is no different, just elected. <laughs> This is to prove Kumar is one of the good ones, because he understands racists, and forgives them! He also just, after saying that, just stares out of the window with his mouth, like, hanging wide open. Exactly! They're just proving that Kumar is uh, one of the kinds of brown people you're allowed to be, which is apologetic for being brown and making excuses for the white supremacist state you live in. Yeah, and you stand when the white man enters the room. So... After we see the Guido and the secretary and Kumar's um, motorcade, we see the presidents. They arrive at the Capitol. He is just whispering to his wife because he's a bitch. Uh, he gets out of the car. He soy faces at the destruction of the Capitol, whatever. It's a very boring scene that's supposed to be very moving. Ah, this shit this shit sucks, man. So then uh, the FBI takes him into the tent for a briefing. He tells him about one thing and then President Cuck just like guesses the rest of it um, to show that he's, uh, I don't know, pays attention at briefings or something, even though he hasn't had a briefing on this. Literally. He's just a nerd who knows how explosives work. <laughs> yeah, pre- President Cuck probably made the bomb and <laughs> It's, he re- President Cuck is that brown kid that made a fucking <laughs> the clock. Uh, potato clock. He read, like, yeah. the Anarchist Cookbook in, like, ninth grade, and he's not gonna tell anyone that because he's a principled yeah. American, but he remembers. <laughs> this is such a dog shit approximation of what one of these would be like. Could you imagine explaining to Donald Trump the specific chemicals? <laughs> or Joe Biden! Just explain to either of the candidates, like, just, like, chemical names for how a bomb works and they'd understand... Like, I don't think even if even if you were explaining it to like Amy Klobuchar who has like a brain capacity, she wouldn't be thinking about that. She'd be like foaming at the mouth, be like, "All right, who do we kill? Who do we kill? I don't care how it works. Who do we kill?" <laughs> yeah, any of these people. Bloden. And Luton Bolden, blood and soil. Like, even if they are not senile, like our two uh, our two fellas right now are, like if they have the capacity to understand, they're still just all right. When when do we get to start dropping bombs? I don't care how these exactly. bombs work. It's the Venture Bros joke. Ah, Congress, a bunch of C-list actors and out-of-work astronauts. <laughs> They're not men of vision. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's true! That quote is true! Out-of-work um, astronauts, yes. Uh, and then, notably, um, the FBI director does not tell the president about uh, sexy FBI ladies 
theory, even though she asked him to a hundred thousand times, and she is she is just fucking awestruck that that he did not ask the president. No, and the president asks him about her theory, and he's like, "Yeah, that's probably bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. It's who fine." Thought that, who thought of that? A woman who isn't my wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, cut back to the White House where, uh, Leo and the daughter character, whose name is slipping my mind, are playing Go Fish or something. Um, Leo receives a phone call. We can only presume, uh, somebody asking to buy drugs at the White House. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, pull up, pull up. I'm here and all so, day. Pull up, bro. <laughs> bro, swing around back. Just give me a ride around the block. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And the daughter, uh, uh, Immediately after her brother leaves the room, she runs up to the television, throws on the news, and sits on the couch, and, like, with this huge grin on her face, like, oh boy, I can't wait to watch the news. This is, again, an eight-year-old girl. And if a grown adult had that reaction, I'd think they should be killed. Like, no, <laughs> plot! No one should be happy to watch the news! So, uh, Epic Stoner brother breaks his vow to the first lady to, uh keep the unloved sister from any knowledge of why she now lives here, what has happened, yeah. what has changed, yeah. which is a normal thing to watch. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're, we're back at the scene of the attack. Tom Cuckman walks up to a mustachioed firefighter and commandeers uh, his megaphone, does a... It's probably not impromptu. It's probably written by Kumar, but notably, he talks about, like, uh, we will rise again. We will be better. We will be stronger. Very fascist speech. Um, <laughs> but while he's giving this speech, all the uh, journalists in the crowd around him start getting <laughs> notifications on their phone of a video of <laughs> it's, it's this kid zip-tied on the ground <laughs> getting the shit beat out of him by police officers in Michigan. <laughs> And so, uh, everybody starts yelling at the president. It is, it's an incredible situation. He's like, this is an act of madness, an act of terror. Everyone wants someone to fight against. I promise you, I do too. Yeah, it's like, dude, you are the person to fight against. This is a reach dog fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the middle of his speech, uh, to unify the nation, a video of a Muslim teenager getting beat to death by police services <laughs> in, uh, Michigan, notably. But... Before this uh, frenzy about the video can really get going, somebody is uh, coming up through the crowd with his hand in his jacket pocket. So the Secret Service are immediately like, gun, 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 and they grab this guy and throw him to the ground and start beating the shit out of him. And so they spear yeah. away Tom Cockman. They got, like, the shiftiest just, looking guy to be. Just this. a guy wearing a trench coat who looks like shit, and they disappear the president, and they're like, this looks like it's an assassination gone wrong, and then it's just shown that this guy just had a phone and was trying to take a picture. But was just a, <laughs> was approaching in the shadiest way possible, as if when you're, like, in the vicinity as the president, you're, like, keeping oh, your yeah. hands in your pockets and inching up. Oh, yeah, no, he's doing the classic thing where it looks like you're reaching into your uh, pocket for a gun. Yeah. It's the thing that actors do. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> he's approaching as if he's going to assassinate. <laughs> so now we see them arriving back at the White House. Um, they ask what happened to the kid getting the shit beat out of him. Uh, they say he's in the hospital with internal bleeding. 
she asks how old the kid is. Uh, Kamar tells oh, yeah. her 17. Then she tells Tom, pauses, and goes, the same age as Leo. Because yep. uh, white people who are older and in power uh, need to feel anything. They need to have a personal connection to it. Do they have to imagine it happening to someone they love, otherwise they can't feel for this just like distant person. <laughs> exactly, a direct connection. You need um you need Hunter Biden's cocaine addiction, not fucking Iggy Pops. They sell to different audiences. Hunter Biden hanging out in a house in Detroit, shooting blood from syringes at the walls. <laughs> Fun house, baby. So now open back up on the ruins of the Capitol, the FBI, uh, the the two characters from the FBI, you know, the lady and the black guy are talking, um, he, they're talking about her theory, blah, 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 it doesn't really matter, who fucking cares? Is that good? Can we move on? Basically. <laughs> I got nothing on that, yeah. <laughs> Alright, cool. This one, probably the worst scene in the entire show. <laughs> He's talking to, like, I, the I, old guys from the Muppets or something. I couldn't think of a... Exactly! I think of a more recent reference for that. <laughs> what are... No, that's the perfect reference, but can you get their names? What the fuck were they called? <laughs> no fuck. Walt... Walt and Jesse? Walt yeah. And Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking to Walt and Jesse. Um... <laughs> Okay, so it starts, he's talking to these two lawyers, and they're trying to give him the rundown of what he should do. We'll start with Walt, the blood and soil lawyer, who <laughs> says that uh, he must issue an executive order. But then the cuck lawyer cuts in, Jesse, who says that's too strong. Cuck lawyer says he should do a presidential proclamation, which Walt, of blood and soil, says is too weak. Blood and soil says there must be martial law. Cuck lawyer says, you could never. <laughs> and... and and then the worst scene in television history happens. Let me get this straight. An executive order will be perceived as too hostile. Presidential proclamation, too weak. Martial law, either very, very smart or incredibly self-destructive. Guys, let me ask you a question. Can you agree on anything? Not yes. really. Great. They sort of go back and forth like this, and then President Cuck uh, points this out in a really pitiful attempt at comedy um maybe the worst writing in television history who knows yes we can agree no we can't agree oh my god that's so fucking funny i love it that's awesome dude the show fucking rocks at least they didn't jinx then the president could have said jinx and neither of them would have been allowed to talk oh true those are the rules of jinx <laughs> So we're back at the White House. It is President Cuck's wife yelling at President Cuck's son about letting their daughter watch the news um, while he was absolutely rolling. He's yeah. like, how is she? As if uh, she's just been like interrogated by the people uh, who are trying to find out who blew up the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, uh, it's not my job to be her parent. You know, you never raised me. These streets raised me. <laughs> and she's just like dude we're all fucked right now just like watch your fucking sister and he's like maybe because he's a bigger chad than his father will ever be he is a bigger chad and would be a better president leo is the wire character of this show oh very leo much would be a good oliver north <laughs> <laughs> well he says his job isn't to be her parent and she says they all have new jobs now implying it is now his job to be her parent <laughs> i have to be the first lady i need to take up reading or something <laughs> yeah, I have to go. I have to go make kids less fat through an ill-defined cookie plan. Pizza is a vegetable. <laughs> Pizza is a vegetable, baby. So now we see 
we, we get a recap on the coup situation from last episode. Um, Guido and General Ripper are talking again about the coup. He's like, I'm gonna coup, I'm gonna do coup shit. <laughs> are you in, manservant? And manservant's like, oh, well, gee, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even the chief of staff yet. Yeah. And he's like, he hasn't promoted you. And Ripper's like, ah, another do-nothing dem. <laughs> I, I, I guess, if anything, that guy got demoted because he was the previous president's chief of staff. And now, now he's, he's just, like, just has to hang out no, with no job No, title. he wasn't. That weird other guy was the previous president's chief of staff. The one that fired President oh, Cuck. Oh, so who's the, this guy? I, just, like, just didn't die, I guess. Yeah, this guy was just his boy and didn't get a seat at the uh, table when... The table was blown up, and as a result, <laughs> it now has his boss's job. Or, you know, will. So, now, we're in the Oval Office. What do we see but a massive book, just absolutely thousands of pages, and President Cuck laboring over it. What is it, you might ask? Constitutional law theory. <laughs> it's like you should have one of those shitty, like, yellow and black, like, uh, how to clean your car for dummies. <laughs> how to cook a chicken for retards. How uh, yeah, his, his wife comes in and, like, puts her hands on his shoulder, and this fucking scares the shit out of him. He, like, screams. He freaks out. He's like, oh, honey, it's just you. Wikipedia doesn't I know shit he, about the Constitution, honey. I figured he just had a love ensign and she had turned it up on the app and he just immediately came <laughs> when he touched it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they leave it open to interpretation, though. Yeah, yeah. Very smart writing there, actually. Oh, absolutely. What are those things called? I don't know. Mobile Sibians? Levents. I, I googled it because I came up with this joke, like, earlier this week and didn't know what it was called and felt ashamed. Levents? <laughs> Love sense. Oh, that's stupid as shit. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right, whatever. So, whatever. President Cuck's wife's solution for the Michigan problem is to federalize the National Guard and I guess then, in theory, like, pseudo-invade Michigan? Yeah, march them into Michigan. That's what she wants <laughs> the to The only do. one in this show who knows how to wield power. <laughs> yes and no, though. Think about what the National Guard is right now. It's all like... I don't know, cat boys and e-girls just trying to get their college paid for. Like, imagine sending them in to go mano a mano with a bunch of Detroit suburban white supremacist like. Oh, think about it. These are these are Detroit white like suburban white supremacist cops. But as soon as someone more in charge, also with a gun, comes in, they'll yo sir, yes sir. But do you think if they have a septum ring, they're going to accept their authority? They'll put those people kind of in the middle or the back. <laughs> <laughs> the National Guard is comprised of people who me or you could allegedly beat up. Like, I just <laughs> I, I just don't know about that one, Chief. Uh, yeah, so Fair. President Cuck's like, you know, I love the idea, but maybe it's a little bit too much. And so then he gets a phone call from, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. He gets a phone call and they tell him that the uh, the Muslim kid that the police beat the shit out of is now dead. He presumably received this call before the boy's parents did. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> they weren't even allowed in the hospital room with him. They just sent some white guy with an earpiece and sunglasses and a suit in to just watch. Exactly. Mr. Numbers watched. <laughs> it's a little bit later now. Um, the uh, congresswoman and the governor of Michigan were on what, what board together? The American, the American Enterprise, Enterprise Institute. Institute. <laughs> A noted CIA front think tank that just re today 
released an article that says fraud is likely why California unemployment cases are going up. Not, you know, the death economy. <laughs> unemployment fraud. That's what's wrong. Yeah. Uh, Danny, since we lost it earlier, put some uh, distortion and some reverb on American Enterprise Institute. Okay. okay. Absolutely. An absolutely Moloch-backed institution. Yeah. Um, so he gets on the uh, video call with uh, the governor, and, you know, surprise, surprise, President Cuck actually chads the shit out of the governor. President Cuck orders him to stop executing Muslims. He gets, like, <laughs> one per episode. Yeah. yeah. And then he has to rest for a month. Yeah, in the last five minutes, he <laughs> chads like, all over somebody. It's like Joe Biden having a conversation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, after he gets a shot in his ass. Governor Chad says, you're not my president. And the president's like, well, uh, you've arrested three Homeland Security agents. You don't have the clearance to know who they are, and you need to uh, release them today, or you are impeding a federal investigation, and that's a crime. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Pinky, and Pinky Toe gets really, really nervous, and he turns into, like, a sniveling little baby, and he yeah, won't like, look oh, at the camera oh, anymore. Oh, boy, oh, jeez. Probably 12 hours before that, he told the president that he uh, he was his bitch, and he couldn't tell him what to do, and he has no authority over him. 10 hours later, the president's like, I'm going to investigate you federally, and he's like, oh shit, really? Oh, and he just and immediately he, caves. The governor declared autonomy. He declared full, f he seceded from America, <laughs> but, but the idea that the federal crime of accidentally investing homeland security agents we're just trying to do the same thing he's doing and entrap Muslims in Michigan. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. His, his whole thing is, uh, sir, we infiltrated the Muslims before you. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir, I mean, we have a much more elaborate plan to get rid of all the Muslims in Michigan, and rest assured, it will work. They say they infiltrated the Muslims in, like, the first episode. They're like, yeah, none of the Muslims <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the mosques we have bugged or celebrating. Yeah, all the Muslims. Um, well, also, to be fair... When, do you, do you want to go? I, I just have a one-off in that uh, Western capitalism did create Wahhabism, which did create extremism. <laughs> Innovation, baby! <laughs> so I was going to say, the way that uh, Governor Chad, now Governor Sniveling Cuck, is like looking around the room panicked, it's almost like the rest of his henchmen are in there, and they have they see him losing power, and they're like growling and baring their teeth and closing <laughs> yeah. in on him. Absolutely. Um Old man Daly is there with a fucking <laughs> ruler to spank his ass. Yeah, so Governor Chad capitulates, and President Cuck immediately hangs up the phone. Um, the Guido is like, uh, sir, would you like me to contact uh, Homeland Security? And the president's like, <laughs> there were no agents. And so then uh, Firebrand's secretary's like, uh... It was a bluff, announcing to the room what the president had just announced. Um, everyone claps him on the back. They're like, "You're that's that was incredible, sir. What a play!" Republican Congresswoman, for some reason, is against rounding up and executing all of the Muslims. Well, that doesn't really track. Yes and no, right? Because when uh, fucking President Cuck forces Governor Chad into Governor Virgin. Yeah, uh, she congratulates him, and she's like, "Governor Virgin is a good man." So she both sides the issue. <laughs> she has no problem with the death of Muslims. She has a problem with the death of certain norms and institutions, and like the way you kill the Muslims. Yes, yes. It's all about how you dot your eyes and cross your t's when it comes to bureaucratic genocide. Yeah, alright, so as everyone's leaving the room uh, from the video call, President Cuck uh, holds up Kumar. He's like, C come here, come here, buddy. 
what happened this morning, all right? I'm... Oh, this is, by the way, the second time today that Kumar has been detained by a federal agent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Kumar's basically just like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm not white, so whenever white people are scared, I get the shit beat out of me, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so then, you know, he's leaving. He leaves through the, the door that is a wall or whatever for some reason. <laughs> um, and at this point, President Cuck uh, says, Wyatt! And uh, literal... Now, it's it's impressive to be even bigger, even more of a cuck in this show than President Cuck. But I think that Wyatt might be that. I mean, because he gets well, paid to be the cuck. Uh, President Cuck is just naturally <laughs> a cuck. Exactly. Wyatt's his incredibly smooth boy who he took his suit in the first episode. His job is... It's like it's like in ancient Athens where the fucking council at the Acropolis just got their pick of the boys. He is Gary. This is, yeah, exactly. But, well, he's Gary, but also the personal trainer that uh, she was fucking in the one season. <laughs> My point is that uh, President Cuck fucks boys. Uh, <laughs> How, how else did he get in? They just that was between um, the the that's safe how, room and the White House. That's how you get blooded into our government. All right. So, last scene here, we have a montage to this this absolutely incredible song. It's beautiful. It moved me to tears. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh, you'll hear all of our singing. I'm sure <laughs> it is. Uh... Some absolute sicko shit. It is amazing. Um, and I haven't cried since 9-11, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we get we get this uh, great montage at the end. Um, it starts out with uh, President Cuck calling the kids, the kid who died, uh, his parents and apologizing and then crying. Um, yeah, he looks horrified after he hangs yeah. up. And not just like a you just, you, you know what I mean? It's not like a sorry for your loss. Someone's dead horrified. It's like, they, you don't know what this guy said to him on the phone but like, <laughs> he definitely got owned it's fucking romeo and juliet a plague on both houses <laughs> <laughs> the, the dad was also like you're an unelected hud secretary you are not my president <laughs> yeah. i wish, no, right? I wish <laughs> the old president was calling me the dad was like i voted for governor royce proudly <laughs> uh then he walks out to his uh token uh SS officer friend, and he's like, hey, do you have an extra baseball cap? <laughs> you have a ball cap <laughs> lying around? And is, yeah, uh, you got a ball cap? His SS officer is uh, very happy to hear this, that he wants to go out unprotected to <laughs> wherever. Um, then we get Kumar arriving at a vigil outside of the Capitol. Um, he's just sort of standing there looking sad as shit, and a, uh, we see a cop eye him up. The cop, he looks pissed the fuck off right he comes walking up to kumar he's like you lose someone yeah. i lost everyone you don't need to save have you lost someone <laughs> <laughs> uh and so kumar's like yes I lost everyone, meaning, you know, all of his, his co-workers and his boss. <laughs> it's great. It's great. On his walk home from the White House, he goes to a shrine to the former president and government <laughs> on the fence. He gets approached by another Mick who's ready to blow his brains out. Yeah. But then this is the Mick who's healing the divide angrily. Mm -hmm. 
And then, <laughs> uh, then a candle then, appears in his hand, and someone uh, puts fire in it, and then he has a he has a candle in his hand. They kind of sway back and forth. I love that Kumar saying he lost everyone because this just proves he was a beltway loser, deeply invested in the lives of the pedophiles he worked. Yeah, and the <laughs> old, and the old president like presumably didn't even like him. The new president's like, "You're my head speechwriter. I'll give you rides home if you need, buddy. I got <laughs> yeah, no, you." He was introduced. He was introduced in that first scene with him. As he was trying to get more HUD stuff in the speech, and then they were like, no, no more HUD stuff, you stupid cop. Well, we gotta do platitudes. <laughs> you have to do platitudes instead of your platitudes. Uh, so then, uh, President Cuck shaking hands, whatever, kissing babies. Shaking hands, kissing babies, doing the presidential bullshit at the ruins. Already working on his re-election campaign. <laughs> yeah. So he fucks off. So after President Cuck in the ruins, it cuts to Senator uh, Smoke Show Palpatine <laughs> oh, yeah. beginning to research President Cuck to try and take his job. <laughs> Her way of doing this is by searching on Google. His full, uh, just his name, being, just his full name. Just typing his name in on Google and then clicking the first article that came <laughs> up. She like if this was actual Google, that would be an ad. Yeah, she like <laughs> strokes her chin like, hmm, interesting. She's getting dirt on him. Yeah, she a framed picture of Leopold and like a colonial map of <laughs> Africa behind her desk. <laughs> Colonialism two electric boogaloo. Yeah. Uh, a Republican whip for ten years and the most powerful executive in American history researching Oppo through Google. <laughs> And, and then we cut to the hot FBI lady looking at the photo of her husband who shot Martin Luther King. <laughs> and uh, the closing shot is a sexy FBI lady looking forlornly at a picture of her dead-as-shit husband. And in the background we hear, We got one! We got a survivor! There's another survivor! Then the episode cuts to black. And we are mercifully... Done the second episode. <laughs> if you people know what we went through for this, you would respect our shitty podcast that much more. <laughs> yeah, really. We've been recording now for two and a half hours, almost. I would say we started this like four hours ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> like a very long time ago. I think it was like three and a half. But, um, yes, uh, if, if, if you hog fuckers really want us to do the third episode of this show i guess comment on the reddit or something or tweet at us and we will consider it this was such a fucking hellhole uh we have to be convinced if this episode does well maybe we'll do episode three and we'll find out about the new survivor if not we are sufficiently lobotomized and blackpilled from this awful fucking experience of this liberal brain rot that they call television <laughs> really? i I might be a trailblazer here and one day write a political show where no one walks. Everyone just stands still and talks. <laughs> exactly. And they don't talk about interesting stuff. They're talking about, like, Graydon Carter and stupid bullshit. And then all the <laughs> politics stuff is just happening automatically because none of the levers are hooked up to fucking anything. And they hate, I they don't hate think... each other. I found a Vanity Fair article from, like, 2015 that's, like, an evolution of Trump's fucked up, messed up, dirty-ass hair. <laughs> I don't think that we could sum up this show any better than what we just did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, in summation, uh, Palestine is a land of contrast. <laughs> no, but, uh, hey, thanks for listening to Boomer Death Squad. You can follow us on Twitter at Boomer Death Pod. I've been Joe. I have been Danny. And I've been Matt.
Bye-bye. Time will save.